10 years from now, you don't think they'll be accepting Bitcoin? I don't. I think all the payment rails will look the same. People will still swipe cards. They'll still tap their phones. But in the background, things will get better, right? Very similar to how no phone calls go over the old telecom network. No phone calls go over copper anymore. They all go over the internet. Mm -hmm. But unless you actually break it down and explain that to someone, they don't know. I've still been dialing 10 digits. Phones still ring. People still pick up. I'm just not paying 25 cents a call. Exactly. No one really questions why they don't pay 25 cents a minute, but it's because all phone traffic is going over the internet now. And it's basically free. You couldn't have cell phones with how phones worked when we were kids. It just wouldn't work. So that means that like Bitcoin adoption is still going to be really slow. Well, yes and no. You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And and we're we're the the Recepes. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience-funded without ads or sponsors. Mm Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. (laughs) See? Our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media. And of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin. And the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money. And so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola, Spain. Guten Tag, Germany. Hola, Brazil. Sawadi, Thailand. Good day, Canada. Good day, UK. Hola, Argentina. Bonjourno, Italy. Namaskara, Nepal. And, and howdy, howdy to Texas. Texas. And hello to all of our listeners out there. What time is it, babe? The current time is 804-427, and we are approximately 1,292 blocks since our last recording. And how many blocks until the halving? We're 35,573 blocks until the halving. For $1, you could get 3,838 acres, a.k.a. Satoshis, on sunny Bitcoin Island. And other tangible things like eggs, beef, or gas? Well, one of the things we'll get into later, the price of Bitcoin has dropped since we last recorded. So the price of everything in Satoshis has gone up. So eggs are now 4200 Satoshis for a dozen. They were 3,700. Um, ground beef is now 13,800 Satoshis. It was 12,000 Satoshis. And a gallon of gas is 10,000 Satoshis. And it used to be just below 9,000 Satoshis. We're going to talk about it later, but Bitcoin's down. Like uh, really down? I mean, significantly we'll, we'll down. get into it later, but it's about, I think it went as far as 10%. Maybe 12% down. Uh-oh. Why? Cheaper sats. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Cheaper sats. All right. How much are we going to buy? Buy the same amount every day. 
But we don't always just have to buy Satoshis. You know, last episode or two episodes ago, I forget now, we talked about, you know, earning yield on your mm-hmm. Bitcoin by opening Lightning channels. Um, well, after we had that conversation, I actually went in and opened some more channels that I had been meaning to open to like some pretty, pretty central nodes to like the Bitcoin community. High traffic's. At traffic ones. Well, like there might be a way to know if it's high traffic. I didn't know they were high traffic. Were I just, they? I just opened channels. Did we make some money, honey? We made another hundred satoshis As, in like a week. So how many did? <laughs> how long did it take before to make a hundred satoshis? I mean, I wasn't really doing it for real. Answer the question. Uh, we had those channels open since about Christmas. What? Ian, we can make money doing this. No. Shutting this down so quickly. As I said on the last episode, that would be a full time job. Mm. So I already have a podcast, which is approaching a full time job. We have a kid that is a full time job. I do a lot of that work. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Keon. She's, she'd rather me over here mining. 25 Satoshis at a time. It's then. so funny. I saw this like a uh, thing that was like boomer parents. Every time they see uh, a man like be an active father in our generation, they're like so surprised and shocked. And like, it's, it's so funny. My mom's always like, Ian is so involved and like just wants to be around Kian all the time. And I'm like, please stop being impressed by this. <laughs> I'm I like, mean, it's, I'm like, this is, we're, we're a different generation. Dads are as involved as the moms are, but I still think the moms, we do more work. It, you can't help it. Like our, the bodies are physically connected to the baby. Not here to argue that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can take the brunt of Keon for a little longer. If that means we can make that money, set up these lightning channels, right? Set it and forget it. It is technically doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you really, really think this is like a thing that we could do, but the most that you can really earn in that world is about 2%. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot. It's not. Well, and we don't have that much Bitcoin. We don't have enough Bitcoin where 2% really moves the needle. But it Spoiler is- alert, we don't have that much Bitcoin <laughs> to make, I don't know, a Bitcoin off of a 2% yield. It's, it's not, it's, it's not. That still wouldn't be enough for a full-time salary. <laughs> I mean, it is if you can wait like five years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there you go. Set it up now. So like the whole point of this point that I'm bringing up is that. You were wrong and there's more money to be made. Thanks for con- conceding that point. Thanks, babe. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying. That's the exact point that I was trying to make, that I was wrong. Um, No, the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, it really depends on what channels you open and the quality of channels that you open. And so one of the places that I, sorry, and one of the places that I open a channel to is the OpenSats uh, Lightning Node. So OpenSats is a nonprofit that takes in donations, whether it's fiat and or Bitcoin, and then they kind of like give out grants for Bitcoin and now Noster uh, development. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know necessarily that the the final destination was OpenSats, but there's a decent amount of lightning traffic traffic yeah. going through there that, you know, I opened the app to see how much I got and it was like, I made like a hundred sets. We made a hundred sets in like a day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, 
Well, you could click on the transaction and see like where it was coming from and where it was going to, just because like that's what that's the information that goes through your node. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was the final destination. I see. But like so the conversation that we had did inspire me to go like open some more channels and like truly understand it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And we made more sets. So like it's something that I'll keep playing with. It's mm-hmm. something that like it's not something that's gonna like make us money, but I know. It's a hundred sats that we didn't have to buy. Yeah. And the topic of Argentina today, well, one of the topics that we're going to talk about today is like Argentina. And right now in Argentina, one Argentinian peso gets you 11 sats. Interesting. February, it got you 20 sats. Okay. So like their currency is falling apart, right? That's 50% down in like six months. I made a hundred sats. Which is like a couple Argentinian pesos, right? And so that website, uh, priced in Bitcoin. It's all relative. Like we can be talking about something, whether or not realistically it could like somehow sustain us here, but in another country. And we, of course, have listeners in Argentina and a lot of other countries around the world where maybe this is something that is worth the effort. Yeah. And this is this is my point is that it's very relative. You know, on that episode... Or maybe the previous episode, we talked about like the problem that Bitcoin solves is that it lets you accurately or it's the most accurate market for pricing all of these fiat currencies. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can get thirty eight hundred sats for one U.S. dollar, Mm -hmm. but that's not the most. You can get more sats for one euro than you can for $1. Mm-hmm. You can get more sats for one British pound than you can for $1. Yeah, and we talked about this a long time ago that ultimately it's going to be the global currency that everything else is compared to. And I think even now, it's so easy to understand like, wow, the Argentinian peso's value compared to the American dollar. Like, I just feel like I understand the difference so much more clearly because we're comparing it to Satoshi's. Now, here's another thing to keep in mind. The Argentinian peso, I want to say in the 21st century, so like since 2000, right? It used to be one to one or two to one to the American dollar. It's now like tens of thousands to one, Wow! right? So like Argentinians understood that this was happening in their country But unless you were an American that was paying attention, you didn't really understand this was going on in Argentina because worst case scenario, you go to Argentina with your dollars and everything is just cheap. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, everything's so cheap here. Yeah. Anytime you say that when you get off a plane, the people are suffering. Yeah. It's just now we can price that suffering Mm -hmm. (laughs) more appropriately than when you're comparing fiat to fiat Mm -hmm. because there's no there's nothing to weight them both against. So anyway, yeah, earn some money by adding liquidity to the Lightning Network. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah. <laughs> bing, bing, Easy boom. peasy. And just a little uh, note for our listeners. We are actively interviewing for a producer for the podcast. Hey. So. It's getting more official. It's getting more serious. Yeah. So uh, haven't hired anyone yet. Got a couple people that are like a trial phase right now. But one of the reasons why we're doing this is because if you guys have been listening for a while, you know, like usually I or Mandana edits the podcast. We do a lot of this on our own 
And we do all of it on our own. <laughs> yeah, we do all of this on our own. And literally the getting the episode out in a timely manner is the thing that I would like to improve the most and be able to focus more on the other parts of the podcast that have kind of slipped in the past like six months. So I say to say, like, if you know anybody that you would recommend who's like a podcast producer or know somebody who might know somebody like or if you want to produce or if you want to produce, I mean, no one's ever offered, but we've never really asked. So (laughs) there's the ask. But if you know somebody, just leave a comment, you know, in the Fountain app and maybe a way to get in touch with them. And that would be great. Or shoot us an email from our website. Or shoot us an email at flirtingwithbitcoin at (sighs) gmail.com. What's wrong, babe? I don't know. I guess I'm worried I'm not saving enough money in Bitcoin. Aren't we all? You don't seem worried. Like with most things, you just got to set a goal and work towards it. But even with a goal, the price of Bitcoin changes so much, it's hard to keep track. I understand. That's why I created the Satoshi Savings Calculator. And how can that help? First, you decide how much Bitcoin you want to acquire. One Bitcoin. Great. Then you got to decide how much time you want to give yourself to acquire that Bitcoin. Before the next halving, duh. That's also great because the calculator only lets you pick halving dates. Anything else I need to enter? Just how often you want to buy and which currency you want to use. Oh, so rather than buying it all at once? To loosely quote Desmond Tutu, if you want to save a whole Bitcoin, you got to do it like you eat an elephant. One bite at a time. That's gross, Ian. But true. Focus, babe. Where can I find this calculator? The pod's website, flirtingwithbitcoin.com. Wait, you haven't been to the website yet? Um, Let's get back to the show. Thank you so much for the info, babe. All right, so the price of Bitcoin dropped. But do we care? You're saying no. No. And all the reason I put that in the notes is because I wanted to say that we don't care. Okay. Number one. And number two. Spoken like someone who truly doesn't care. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. You don't care at all. I really don't. Okay. There is more bullishness than there is FUD at the moment. The price drop. I don't know what that means, bullishness. So in stock market, market trading, mm-hmm. you have a bull market and a bear market. What you've experienced is 80% drawdown is a bear market. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks the sky is falling. Everyone is selling everything. Everyone's just like, it's never coming back, mm-hmm. right? Bull market is the complete opposite. Euphoria, it's going up forever. Euphoria? Uh, you know, everyone's pushing all their money in. Um, people usually buy the top because that's the FOMO kicking in, mm-hmm. right? So bullish news is just news that adds to that bull case that we're heading upwards instead of downwards, as far as usually as far as market price. And Bitcoin just has a lot of bullish news leading into the halving and leading into the next 12 to 24 months. So this price drop, we don't know why. There's a lot of speculation on the internet right now as to why. I won't get into all of the speculation, but I do think that Binance is involved because it appears... They always? <laughs> well, it appears like Binance is having their FTX moment. Okay. So we don't know this for sure because the reason why FTX got exposed so fast is because of Binance. Right. So there's no Binance to Binance Binance, right? Like what CZ did to SBF SBF, basically blew up his spot over Twitter in like four hours, Mm -hmm. right? But there's no one that can do that to CZ. So he can kind of hide in the shadows and try to cover up what's really going on. But there's a pretty good line of thought that says they're having their FTX moment. They're currently selling Bitcoin to protect their token, which is what FTX was trying to do. They had the FTT token. Yeah, I understand all of this. I feel like whenever the price drops, 
there's a theory that you throw at me or a theory or two, but does it matter? Like our Bitcoiners really trying to figure it out every time so that they can explain it? Well, yes and no, right? Like there's a certain group of Bitcoiners that are going to try to provide some explanation because I would say they are, as um, Michael Saylor called them, the cyber hornets that protect Bitcoin. Like anytime someone tries to throw FUD at it, people just rise up and fight it off. Mm -hmm. So a price drop of 10% in like a day, people are going to rise up and try to explain why that drop happened and why it is or isn't important. Why I don't care and why I think probably most Bitcoiners don't care is because at the end of the day, we know what we own. And we know that this isn't a day trade or a swing trade. It's a four-year plan or a 10-year plan. And if you look at Bitcoin on a 10-year horizon, it doesn't matter. I have to say, I don't really care that much when the price goes up or down. Okay. Yeah, like... Let's... I'm going to remember that. When it goes to like 3,000. I'm just going to... And I look at you like... No, if it goes to 3,000, I'm going to be like, we need to buy some more. So then you do care. Yeah, I guess. But I right, like don't if you have like, a plan to act differently at okay. a certain price point, then you can. Let me say that again. It's not that I'm not interested. It's that I don't care about the reason because I don't think anyone really knows. And I really don't like when people just speculate well, because I also just think it's like. Or just, and I think it's funny that I'm saying this because I have a podcast. Like people just like the sound of their own voice. Like they're like, oh, it's probably because of this. It's probably because of that. You don't know. Like there's a million things that could be impacting the price of Bitcoin. So like. Well, that's why I only mentioned the Binance mm -hmm. one, because there's data to back up that theory. Right. Sure, so, but it could still be wrong. It's just a theory. It could be wrong, but. One of the things that Bitcoin has going for it, one of the reasons why the price of Bitcoin moving is the direction doesn't matter per se, and the actual reason why it moved doesn't matter per se, but Bitcoin is the only 24, technically crypto, but Bitcoin is the biggest of them. Bitcoin is the only 24-7 market for money in the world. Every other market for money closes Saturday, Sunday, banking holidays, closes at 4 p.m. during the week, right? So when you see a move in Bitcoin, it's usually because someone has information that hasn't come out yet. And when that information does come out, it usually causes ripple effects. Well, I was going to say all the other assets to move in the same direction as Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. if not at a more dramatic, right? Like the scale might be different. And a good example would be during COVID, when COVID first started. So when COVID first started, Bitcoin dropped like two weeks before the actual market dropped. Okay. And then the market dropped, and then Bitcoin came back before the market came, came back. back. Yeah. They followed the same trajectory, but because Bitcoin, there's no barriers to entry, no one can like come in. This is what they like to do on the stock market is like, whoa, the price is dropping too much. Turn off the market. Yeah. Like that is the ultimate fiat move. Like yeah. people want to sell to get out. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't get out. You can't let everyone out. I know. It's crazy. It's Bit crazy though. That's possible. Bitcoin says no one can do that. Mm -hmm. If I want to sell and you want to buy 
and I don't care about the price and you don't care about the price, no one can stop us. You know, the world hasn't really, the average man, I would say, the average person. Thank you. Hasn't had a 24-7 money market available to them where if you need to flee a country, you can convert your currency at any time of the day and leave. I mean, we don't even see that traumatic. Even if you just want to like transfer money, like it doesn't have to take two to three business days. I mean, that too. Like that's just, but oh, that's I not, can't believe I'm still dealing with that. But that's not the 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 price movement. I know, problem, I know. Right? But that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the use case I deal with the most. I'm very excited for the day where I can say, can I just send it in Bitcoin? And the other person goes, sure. Well, I mean, I don't know if that day will ever come for you. Ever? Unless you're sending it to me. <laughs> right? You think like, so? Do I do. Think businesses will be taking it, Sam? I don't think that businesses will be taking it. I think what you will see is... The transfers that currently take you two days will go faster and no one will question why they go faster, but it will be because they all work like strike now, Mm -hmm. right? Like strike is instance. They can move dollars instantly Mm -hmm. anywhere on the planet, pretty much if you have a strike account and or the certain Mm -hmm. other jurisdictions that they brought on the strike platform. So like right now you can't Venmo people in Europe. They also don't have strike in Europe, but if they have strike in Europe, boom, you're sending them euros, but it's going over lightning. Yeah. So you won't have to say, can I send it to you in Bitcoin? Bitcoin adoption will be faster than this. That's why I said for you, because I believe that the people that you might be interacting with are not going to want to talk about Bitcoin. Oh, you're hating on my people. Well, whatever, businesses or whatever, right? Like, you're not. Because businesses. Like, obviously, there will be more businesses that accept Bitcoin mm-hmm. as a payment option, but it is probably more likely that dollars will just move faster before most businesses take Bitcoin. Forward-thinking businesses will take Bitcoin, right? Like the coffee shop over here, they have a Clover machine, point-of-sale machine. Clover mm-hmm. takes Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. There's like three shops in our neighborhood that have a Clover machine. None of them take Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I've brought it up to them. Like, you can call Clover. They'll flip a switch and you can take Bitcoin. Okay. Come back a week later. No Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But I can still tap my phone. So 10 years from now, you don't think they'll be accepting Bitcoin? I don't. I think all the payment rails will look the same. People will still swipe cards. They'll still tap their phones. but, But in the background, things will get better. Right? Very similar to how no phone calls go over the old telecom network. No mm-hmm. phone calls go over copper anymore. Mm-hmm. They all go over the internet. Mm-hmm. But unless you actually break it down and explain that to someone, they don't know. I've still been dialing 10 digits. Phones still ring. Mm-hmm. People still pick up. I'm just not paying 25 cents a call. Exactly. A yeah. No one really questions why they don't pay 25 cents a minute, but it's because all phone traffic is going over the internet now. And it's basically free. You couldn't have cell phones with how phones worked when we were kids. It just wouldn't work. So that means that like Bitcoin adoption is still going to be really slow. Well, yes and no. So like in order for that world to work, right, in order for lightning transactions to happen, people, someone in the middle has to have Bitcoin. But most people won't. The people that are swiping their cards probably will not have Bitcoin. 
But the payment rails that move that money, that will move via Bitcoin. So you think in my lifetime, I'm not going to see Bitcoin as like the regular currency that people are using? If you live in Washington, D.C. for the majority of your life, this is probably the last place that <laughs> Bitcoin is going to be the dominant currency. Yeah, I guess. In we live in America, in Washington, D.C., in the bubble, inside the bubble, inside the bubble, inside the fiat bubble. If we go to El Salvador, though, the whole game switches. Yeah, but there's there's got to be some middle ground. I feel like you've been selling Bitcoin to me like there's going to be adoption sooner than later. Yes, I think that there will be more people like you and me that hold Bitcoin as a savings mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And I think there will be more people like you and me that understand what Bitcoin is and understand basically how we kind of live, which is you don't keep a large amount of money in a bank account, Mm -hmm. right? You keep the bare minimum to pay your bills and you save the rest in Bitcoin. But like, we don't move our Bitcoin. We don't send Bitcoin. Like Mm -hmm. the way we send Bitcoin is we have dollars in strike. Mm -hmm. And if someone will accept Bitcoin, I convert dollars on the fly to Bitcoin and send it to them. Mm -hmm. Now that will probably be more commonplace to pay people who will accept Bitcoin. But like, this isn't even a story for today, but like PayPal just booted up their own like stable coin. So they could have used Bitcoin and Lightning. Yeah. But instead they got like the PayPal coin now. Jeez. So like that's still happening. Yeah. So like there's, it's going to be a battle. Battle of digital currency. That is like the surface battle. And that is the battle that will be projected onto the news. And that's what everybody will talk about. But it's really a battle of like legitimacy. And Bitcoin is the only, as it stands today, the only legitimate currency on the planet. Everything else is counterfeit. Mm -hmm. And no one understands that. So when you try to explain to people why even the dollar is the most counterfeited thing on the planet, they're like, but everyone takes it. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because it's the most counterfeited. But like Jamaican Jays are also counterfeited. By printing more. It's just not as much. <laughs> I actually think more people, it's become a little bit more mainstream to say money's fake or money's not real. I see like memes and TikToks that are like, money's not real, baby. Go go buy yourself that latte. <laughs> like go enjoy your life. Yeah, None well, of this is real. Most people are going to be broke. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Latte is going to make them broke? Money is real. Like... That statement, money is real, is just false. This is patently They have to say the dollar isn't real. You could say certain currencies aren't real. You just said all currency but Bitcoin is not real. No, I said they're all counterfeit, right? Like this guy, uh, British HODL is his like, you know, pseudonym or whatever. Um, He had a really good analogy, right? Which is like you're charging up your phone, right? You're like... I don't want to leave the house until my phone is fully charged. And you plug your phone in and it starts charging up and it starts charging up and it starts charging up and you get to like 75% and you're like, okay, my phone says I got like 20 more minutes until it's full, right? You go like get a snack and you come back and your phone says it's at 25%. And you're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. It's because they printed a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So like when people have these goals, like buying a house or buying a car or 
saving up for their kid's college or whatever, doing it in any currency on the planet will not get you there. They're just printing too much of it for you to set up a plan today that will be effective in 5, 10, 15 years, right? You have no way of projecting how much money will be created because no one knows how much money will be created. So in that reality, all of that money and all of it that's being created, that is fake. But Bitcoin, because no one can make more of it, if you say, I need a million Satoshis. Yeah, I understand all of that. So why is saying money is not real? Is that a problem? Because money is real. Money is how we acquire things, right? Like you work a certain amount of hours in a day and you receive. But then you also say it's counterfeit. Yes, we all work for counterfeit money. So counterfeit and real are not antonyms? I'm not an English professor. Yeah, I mean, you're acting like you are. I'm saying that counterfeit by definition means not real. Right. Yes. And I'm saying money's not real. Yes, but counterfeit money is not real. Money, the concept of money, those people on those Instagram reels that you're talking about, they're saying money isn't real. They're not qualifying it. They're just saying money is a construct. It's not real. No, that's not just spend it. That's true that's not that's actually not true a lot of people have come out in the past few years Mm -hmm. because of how much money has been printed Mm -hmm. after i would say a decade of arguments about the debt ceiling and now that not mattering anymore especially the younger generations younger than us Mm -hmm. have come to the conclusion that it's all fake that it doesn't matter, that they just print money out of thin air and all of those things. And so that's what they're saying when they say money's not real Yes, in those memes. And what I'm saying is those people are wrong because what's actually coming out of their mouth, if you want to get into like the conspiracy nefarious aspect of all of this money printing, that is the desired outcome of all this money printing is to make people feel like money isn't real. So just spend it all. And just be broke. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy because we'll keep printing more of it and we'll keep giving it to you. Like that is the desired outcome. It, it's to demoralize you to fully embrace the idea that oh, like. yeah, that's true. So, the next step is like buy Bitcoin instead of the latte. But I still think people should enjoy their lattes. I don't think that's the way to really save money. I'm not saying the latte is what's going to break you. I'm saying the guy printing 30 or 40% of all the dollars created were created in the last two years, mm-hmm. that will break you. Mm-hmm. And if you see that happen and don't actually process what that means and start looking for a solution to that, then yes, money may as well not be real to you. But luckily for me and us, before COVID, I was coming to mm-hmm. I've always been on that path, Mm -hmm. but I started in a different area and I ended up at Bitcoin, right? And so when you come to Bitcoin looking for a solution to that problem and you try to say, okay, will Bitcoin solve it? And if it doesn't, I'm moving on to the next thing. Well, based on its mechanics, they can print as much money as they want. We now have a way to price that money. And so I don't have to keep my wealth in their money, their counterfeit money. I'll keep my wealth in my money, the people's money. 
the people's money. You know, so I was having an argument with my mom today about, <laughs> I, I mean, let me not name names, uh, just what someone should do with their money. And she kept saying. Yeah, real subtle. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying me or anyone you might know, but just what someone might should do with their money. And she just kept saying, they need to save. And I said, for what? And she said, savings. People just need savings. And I said, but for what? And it's so interesting because, you know, I didn't connect the dots in the argument when I was having with her, but like, I really don't think there's a point of saving money unless you're putting it into Bitcoin, which a lot of people don't. But I'm like, if you're not going to put it into Bitcoin, just go enjoy it because you are saving money and living less currently as if there's any point like you know it's just this like uh anxiety of like okay I should be saving money I shouldn't be spending but it's like everything's more expensive but I can't be spending I should be putting money in savings and it's like whoa 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 everything's more expensive right now so your cost of living is more why are you saving money like why are you connecting those dots where like my money is just worth less so I need to be spending more to maintain a quality of life or improve my quality of life. I'm getting older. I should get more comfortable, whatever that is. But I I really think if you're not into Bitcoin, it doesn't, you still don't need to be saving money. I mean, not aggressively. I believe that Bitcoin is the best place to save your money. I think there are other places that you could be putting your money besides spending it frivolously. Besides a savings account. I mean, just besides spending it frivolously. Or or just for the sake of buying a house or a condo, you know, which everyone's like, buy a house. You're wasting money on rent. It's like, are you wasting money on rent um, with these interest rates? I mean, that's a whole other podcast. It is a whole. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts on that topic. We're not that, <laughs> we're not that podcast. But, but, you know, I mean, I'm making a lot of generalizations here and I'm specifically talking about a, a specific person, but I really think that if you are, you have a good salary, you have good job security at this moment in your life, if you can increase your spending to enjoy your life a little, like do that and save less into Bitcoin than you otherwise would your dollars. Like, I think that'll still get you. I'm okay. Like, of course you need to save a little, but, or you should save a good amount. But like, if you're, let's say you make $10 a month and six of those dollars go to your living expenses, save the next three into Bitcoin and then save like one into dollars. Sure. Or like save two of those into Bitcoin, add one of those dollars to your, but to your living budget, which is $7 and then save the other in fiat. Like, I think that's how, People need to recalibrate their lives as expenses are going up because we should still be. I mean, I come from a a culture where saving is like compulsive. It's like stressful and it's like, you know, it's scarcity mentality when it comes to money and all of those things. So like it does not matter what an inc- what income we have. We should just be saving more. And when you ask for what, there's no answer. And so for me, my like gut reaction these days is like, what are you saving for? Go, go live your life. How much do you have in your savings? Is that not enough? You need, oh, I need to save more. For what? I mean, there's 
a whole economic school of thought that would say that what you just said is wrong. Yeah. The reason being is that we need savers, full stop. Savers are what actually cause the economy to go forward. When you're not out there conspicuously consuming things, you are freeing up resources for entrepreneurs to make better and better products. But when everyone's running out, spending all their money and buying everything under the sun, the prices of everything goes up and then iPhones are $1,200, like because the price of insert one of the items in the iPhone is a lot of money. So Yeah, but I think that's a mischaracterization. I'm not talking about someone who wastes their money on things they don't need. I'm talking about someone who lives a lower standard of living because they don't want to spend what life costs because they're always worried that they're not saving enough money. Yeah, and that is their value judgment. And everyone on the planet has different value judgments Mm -hmm. when it comes to what they want to spend their money on. We may not agree with them, but like if they don't want to spend their money, great. They make things cheaper for me. Like that, we need more savers. We need more people that live like that. That is what causes the prices of things to come down. That is what we're dealing with right now. Everyone's tapped out. Everyone's tapped out. They've maxed out all their credit cards. You know, I work for a fintech company. We make loans to, uh, we'll just say, lesser than qualified individuals, right? Like people are scrounging and straight. It's just a complete, right? I've talked about this before. Debt is not something I have ever taken on. So like, it just doesn't, I just come from a, I come from a completely different relationship with money. And so does my mother. And so like, when we talk about money, it's like spending it is bad. You have to save, but what are you saving it for? You don't need a reason. You just need to always be saving. What are we saving in Bitcoin for? We're saving for our future. Why aren't they? It, it might not come out the way they, they want it to come yeah. out, but that fundamentally, isn't that what they're doing? They're saving for their future. They're just picking a savings vehicle that isn't as efficient as Bitcoin. I suppose. Someone could say the same thing to us. Like, don't you have enough? Why are you still buying Bitcoin every day? We don't have enough. <laughs> they don't have enough in their savings mechanism. Yeah. The only difference is that their savings mechanism leaks at the bare minimum a year. Right. So my thought is if it's leaking and you know that it's leaking and you're still not. But they don't know is the point. They don't understand the concept that their savings vehicle leaks money. Yeah. They think they're doing the safest thing. But me knowing that they're not, I'm like, yo, just spend a little bit more on this because your money's not doing any good in there. Right. That's how, that's how I see it. And I'm, 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 I'm not saying that. But Th- babe, this do, does this person even listen to our podcast that they know about? I'm assuming I know this person. Do they listen to our sometimes, podcast? Sometimes, allegedly. They don't listen to our podcast. Not like that. I don't know yeah. who it is, but I know that <laughs> most people that we know that know we have this podcast. But look, I'm not saying like this is something that I could say to them. I'm saying when I was talking to my mom today, that's like the attitude that I was coming at with their financial situation. And I'm realizing it's because that's... Where my mind is, I'm like, if you're not saving any money in Bitcoin, like you're just, you're making your life difficult for no reason. Like 
You yeah, don't know what's going to happen with your pilled. dollars. Yeah. You've been orange pilled. You have, at the bare minimum, two to maybe eight years head start on that person figuring it out. Yeah. And the only way they're going to figure it out, because they know us, yeah. is when they see how Bitcoin affects us. Yeah. They're not taking the time to try to solve a problem. And I'm just assuming they make a decent amount of money. Yes, they make a, a lot of money. So my point there is that they make enough money where they don't think this is a problem. But there are people, and this is, if you were on Bitcoin Twitter more, you would see this. Like most people that are on Bitcoin Twitter are not wealthy. They mm-hmm. are people that are like kind of struggling to get by. Yeah. And they have been people that were looking for a solution yeah. to this problem. Whereas people and that they, are like, I think I'll be okay. They're not desperately trying to be like, exactly. how am I going to catch up? But but yeah. let me let me finish this point, which is the official rule set of the Fed is that it is okay to inflate the money supply 2% a year. Mm-hmm. That is just standard. So 2% a year, your money's going to lose, right? Your money's going to lose 2% a year because they're going to inflate it. They don't say it that way, but mm-hmm. that's really what the Fed has, the world they've created is like 2%. We can yeah. steal 2% from you every yeah. year. No one's going to cry. You know what they said yesterday? We might have to go to 3%. And that'll be the new norm. Which is will be the new norm. But again, just this is, um, you know, George, Cor- George Carlin has a great piece on language. It's like a joke, but it's, it's real where he's like, they make the language as soft as possible so you don't mm-hmm. actually take away what they're saying. They said 3%. People hear the word 3% and they go, that's not a lot. Yeah, maybe 2%, 3%. What's the big difference? But if I said your money's losing, your, your money's leaking every year and we're going to knock it up 50% more, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's what 3% from yeah. 2% is. So, like, they've already figured out how to say things in a way that no one reacts except the people that are like, yo, this isn't, we're already at a place where it's not okay. And you're trying to take more? I'm out. You know, like, my final note on this, and then I'm going to let you talk about what you want to talk about today, um, is as I'm, like, looking to buy stuff for our house, for camp, whatever it is, I used to be like, okay, maybe I'll just buy it later. But now, and I think it's because you say this sometimes, I'll be like, babe, this is so expensive. You're like, it's only going to get more expensive. And so now when I look at something and I'm like, okay, the price is okay. I just buy it. Cause I'm like, if I wait six months, this is going to be more expensive. Well, some, some things, right? Sure. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting how much my, Thought process, like what it takes for me to pull the trigger when I spend money now has changed in the past year, obviously because of our conversations, but just also what I'm seeing is happening to the price of stuff and then also the value of the dollar. Like both things are happening at the same time because whatever, talk about inflation. It's only one thing though. I Yeah. It's only one thing. That is the, the value of the dollar. It's only one thing. The value of the dollar is collapsing. It buys less and less every day. So we should buy more today. <laughs> right? Things that you might need that might last forever, right? Like buy really good quality stuff that might last 30 years for your home, for example. Mm-hmm. Like buy the best thing because it's it's the cheapest now than it will ever be. Um, right? You're jumping the gun a little bit. 
I like the energy. I like where your mind went. Yeah. But, but you're like, my wife, please stop spending money. <laughs> not not necessarily please stop spending money, but if you're having that reaction where you see the price of something, you're like, it's only going to be more expensive tomorrow. Okay, how about this? Go buy that amount of Bitcoin and wait four years. Yeah. And then you'll be like, this is so cheap. Yeah. Because the, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, if you need to, if you're, if you, you are in the middle of the transition, like you're in the cocoon, right? Like you were the caterpillar. Now you're in the you're cocoon. So you're in the cocoon, right? Ian is like giddy and blushing right now. <laughs> well, I'm like trying to make a, I'm trying to make a good analogy. You are. Right. Yeah. So you're in the cocoon, right? Like you're definitely there. Like you see the problems you're, you're critiquing other people and their approach to things. You know, you're at the, like, why doesn't everyone do this stage of your Bitcoin journey? Right. (laughs) You haven't accepted the fact that most people won't do it no matter what you tell them. The only reason you're doing it is because of me. Yeah. If we were just meeting today and started dating, you'd probably call me crazy. No, I feel like you probably would, especially back when we first met, if I was talking about Bitcoin, it's been seven years of Bitcoin news. Like I mean, it's more normalized today. You got like presidential candidates talking about Bitcoin. It's more normalized. Point being, you are transitioning, right? Like you're you're turning into a butterfly. A, a, yeah, I was gonna say a cyber a, a Bitcoin butterfly. A Bitcoin butterfly. Maybe that's the title of the episode. But like you're changing into what I was gonna say is a, a cyber hornet. Because that's what you're doing when you're like, you're so stupid. Why don't you? Why are you doing this? Do that instead. Like that's what I Bitcoin, try not to call people stupid, but you're, you're sometimes say, I do. You're saying it with your your not hands. To that face. You're saying it with your hands. My point is, is that I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. All I'm saying is that like I've gone a little bit further and I've accepted a little bit more about what it means to be a Bitcoiner. And I can tell you, I don't know who this person is, but like by what you were saying. I can put them in a category. There's a there was an amazing essay written on this group of people. It's called the Yuppie Elite. These are the Yuppie Elite. They don't think that they're going to be affected by what the government is doing yeah. because they live such a comfortable life that they'll eventually be affected, but they'll probably outpace it. Mm-hmm. Right? They'll they'll outpace it just enough and they'll benefit from it just enough that they don't really see it as a problem. The only difference between us and them is that my belligerence about Bitcoin. Because if I was indifferent about Bitcoin, it'd be like, yeah, we have some, mm-hmm. you know, but we have enough. We're doing other things, mm-hmm. right? We're living our lives, mm-hmm. right? We're What you're saying, just go live your life. I could very easily just co-sign on doing that. But I've discovered a thing where I go, hey, can we just put that off for a year can we put that off yeah. for four years? Can we? How long can we put that yeah, off? Yeah, like buying a new car is one of them, yeah. How long can we put that off? The longer we put it off, because we have this amazing technology called Bitcoin, it's going to get cheaper for us. And that is my like counterpoint to what you're saying when you say, like, I should just buy it now. It's like, well, you could buy something that's going to last a long time or you can do without it for four years for just one having. Mm-hmm. Right. That could almost be like a, a deal that we make right now. Like whenever there's something expensive, we pick a price My point. push present that Ian still has not gotten me. Can we do it in four years? Can we agree now? Right now? Recorded? Four years from today? Yes. Absolutely. 
Deal. We're shaking hands. We're shaking hands. We're if locking we have eyes. another baby in the next four years, I want another push present. It'll be four years from when that baby's born. Okay, fine. But that's it, Full right? Full disclosure, guys. I just want another uh, copy of my wedding band. <laughs> right. So, like... And Ian just keeps saying no, because we bought my wedding band last year. <laughs> well, I'll do you but one Mama better. likes her jewelry. I'll do you one better. We don't really talk about it in this way, but for the purpose of this conversation... Mm-hmm. I bought your ring before the last having. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're still- <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. No, no, no. Like, let's, yeah, let's yeah, put this yeah. in perspective, right? Yeah. No, let's put this in perspective. I bought your ring 2019. The mm-hmm. having was in 2020. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand the monetary mechanics of it. I didn't really start thinking about like past purchases like that until really doing the podcast and talking about this on like a daily basis. Mm -hmm. However, if I had put the money for your ring into Bitcoin, you would have your push present. Yeah, but would you have me? (laughs) But no, but but my point is, my point is now, now that we're here, now that we're on the same page, right? Like let's not make, I won't even call that a mistake. I'll just say, let's not make that decision again. Crap. I, look, we look. So, so we I, just celebrated our seven-year dating anniversary. So, lucky number eleven is eleven a lucky number. Yes. It's yes. Lucky. On our eleventh anniversary, you don't play craps. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a gambler. On our eleventh anniversary, I'll be really excited to get my ring. You will get. If Bitcoin does what Bitcoin is supposed to do. If Bitcoin does what I think Bitcoin is going to do, I guarantee you that you will have a lovely ring. Episode is going well, yeah? I think so. Wish I had the time to make some clips to promote it. Yeah, but you don't. That's why we pay our listeners to do that. Mm, how does that work again? If someone makes a clip on Fountain, we send them some sets. But give me the fine print, baby. It's $250 for the current episode and 100 for the older ones. And also if they tweet it out, right? They gotta use the hashtag flirtingwithbitcoinclips and post it on Noster for me to see it. Then I'll zap those same amounts. That's pretty generous, babe. Our listeners are pretty generous with their time making the clips. Well, isn't this just a lucrative love fest for us all? More like it pays to listen to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. So in true Mandana fashion, I messed up all of Ian's plans for the better. He had all of these things that he wanted to talk about today, and I completely uh, took over, and we don't have any time to get to them. So that's for another day. But you were going to talk about Argentina, and we have a lot of Argentinian listeners, so like, let's not leave them hanging. Let's, you know, what is it like? Well, I think the cliffhanger. They know what's going on. I think the people in Argentina know know what's going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Long story short. The primary winner of the presidential elections in Argentina is a Bitcoiner. He has said that he is going to abolish the central bank of Argentina, as we've just talked about for the last hour. Like, they've been inflating way more than 2% for the last 20 years, 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. And he said he was basically going to invoke the Bukele playbook. This dude is hilarious. Is he young like Bukele? He's, I mean, he... Is he cute? He's not. He might be cute in Argentina. I'm not like into dudes, number one, but like he's. I hate when guys say that. You know if the man's attractive or not. I do not because I see ugly dudes with hot girls all the time. Okay. I just looked him up. This is not my type. 
Not my type either. Um, His hair is interesting. Exactly. But like, that might be a thing in Argentina. I, like I don't know. Bald men. So. Um, so anyway, that's what we were going to talk about. We will talk about that on our next episode, and there will probably be a little bit more information because this dude has been giving a lot of interviews now that he's won the primary, mm-hmm. and he is really like, he's doing a victory lap and saying some really bold things. If this guy wins the presidential election for real in Argentina, watch out because. Central bankers don't just give up their power. So what do you think is going to happen? Civil war? I don't know. Like, I don't even want to really speculate on, like, what that means. All I know is that Argentina is a much larger country than El Salvador, and it has had a fiscal problem Mm -hmm. for the last 20 years, as I said earlier. Like, they used to be on parity with the dollar. Yeah, so their general election is going to be really interesting. Like, they're not going to make it easy for them. He got like 30% of mm-hmm. the vote in a primary. Yeah. Which apparently in Argentina, like usually whoever wins the primary I mean, wins. Yeah, yeah. So like we'll see. But we didn't get to we didn't get to any of that. I had a lot of points to make and we'll just see. I had other points to make. <laughs> I think the I think the episode that we just that we just uh I think the episode we just recorded was great. I think that that's a that's a good conversation to have. Um, especially you had like a personal example of like why aren't they saving in bitcoin and there's a lot of reasons why they're not i'll put the article for the yuppie elite um essay in the show notes it's really great like after i read that it kind of just made me go i explain it to them once maybe twice and then i just look at their life and i go you don't think you need this and that's fine i think i need it now i know you'll need it later and when you need it later you may not be necessarily buying it from me but you're going to be buying it from me because I already have it and it's finite. Well, thank goodness that I hitched my saddle to you, babe, <laughs> because I think I might have thought that way as well. Um, or I felt less urgency in having more like long term financial security or like the ability to retire early. Like, you know, that's just never been where my head is. So I think I'm, I'm lucky. I'm thinking back to uh, the anniversary dinner we had over the weekend and I, I asked Ian, you know, how he feels as a husband and father. And you said in like true Ian fashion, you think it's like you acquired some really great assets. <laughs> this is how romantic Ian is. No, I said, I said you and Keon were the best assets I invested in. Yes, yes. <laughs> invested, not acquired. I mean, you know, like there's a there's a joke somewhere. I I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I'm so glad we're a family. I'm so happy. This is so great. Yeah. And you're like, families are an investment. investment. Yeah. Like we're gonna put a lot of time into Keon. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. Decades. Yeah. It better pay off. I mean, I feel like I've already put a lot of time. <laughs> there's a lot more to come. I've right? lost calcium and bone density. There you go, right? (laughs) In addition to like everything else that he did to my body, just every single day, like he's just sucking the bone density out of my body, literally. But he's worth it. So yeah, like it's it's on us. You know, we are making an investment. You know, we can call Keon in a very primitive sense, like an asset, right? Mm -hmm. The cutest asset ever. But if we do a bad job, he can turn into a liability. Absolutely. So like- a lot of the times when I'm sitting there looking at him and he's being all cute, it's really like, man, like, I do not know who you're going to be in the future. 
as an adult, you usually meet people who, how they are. Ian will always say, who raised them? (laughs) People out here are savage. And like, I love you to death, but I agree with you. Like, I think when we met, you did not have like a sense of urgency for retirement and stuff like that because you have a pretty solid job. Like your job is pretty stable. You're not going to really. I had a good savings. You're not going to really struggle for work. I didn't have debt. Yeah. Right, right, right. You didn't, you know, you could have lived your life. You could have never bought a house and you probably would have been fine. You mm-hmm. would have had zero debt. You could have just said, well, I never want to have more than, I'm not saying this is you, but like you could have made decisions in a certain way. And I was very like upfront with Ian from the beginning. I, I told you money is not that important to me. I make a good salary. I'm, I've worked really hard to get where I am. I've paid off my loans. Like I was really proud of what I had accomplished. And for me, it was like, I don't want a life that costs more. I'm good worth where I am, which is, I think, a really important conversation to have when you're dating because some people, and I I don't like the term ambitious because it conflates like a lot of things with money. Um, but in the general term of like, I'm not very ambitious. Like I worked very hard to get to a point where I can work and still, you know, be done at five o'clock every day and take time off whenever I'm sick and go on vacation and have maternity leave when I have a child. Like I worked really hard to get to that point. And then I met Ian, you know? So it, it was really important to me to be like, if you want to grind and all of those things, like that's not who I am. And also I don't want that to be who you are because I want to be able to spend time with you at night. I want, if we have children for you to be home and not traveling for work all the time, like that was a really important conversation for me to have. So it's just so interesting to me that like somehow, you know, you were always like, I want to retire early, this and that. I need, we need to make more money. We need more money. I remember you were saying that, um, as we were getting more and more serious. And it's just so interesting. We're so lucky that Bitcoin exists and you started learning about it because it does kind of solve a lot of those problems without making our lives all about work and all about money and like trying to find a way to make more money. I need more money. I need more money. Now, in your cocoon, you answer the question, why is that? Because we know that Bitcoin will increase in value over time. But why is that? Because of the halving. Mm, kind of. Because Bitcoin is real money. I mean, that's... I'm, I'm trying to lead you to the idea of... Because it doesn't leak. It doesn't it leak. Doesn't yeah, leak. it doesn't like, leak. You know... But it doesn't it, leak. It can't catch on fire. No one can steal it. Like, they're all of those things, right? Right, but it can be an earthquake that you know. But like with Bitcoin, if you earn your salary in Bitcoin, which we don't do, but if you were to earn your salary in Bitcoin and only convert it to dollars to pay your bills, as far as your career is going, you're already retired. Like if you had been doing that from when you started working, Bitcoin didn't exist. But yeah, no, but. But there's someone today that it exists yeah. for, right? And so there's some 20-year-old, 21-year-old, 22-year-old who just got their first job. And let's just say, hypothetically, they meet Ian, who's 22, and he's into Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they're just like, I'll give this guy a shot. What's the worst that could happen, right? And he's like, look, here's what you got to do. 
you get your paycheck deposited into Strike as Bitcoin, right? Then for any bill you have to pay, you just convert a little bit to dollars to pay your bills and you leave as much in Bitcoin as possible for as long as possible. You said yourself, you were a saver. Mm -hmm. I forget the number, but like it was a decent enough number where like if that had been in Bitcoin over that time period, you'd be done. All right. Let me tell you all what I did because I highly recommend it if you are someone who wants a big wedding. Um, Even before I met Ian, I was saving up for my wedding. And it's like Ramit Sethi. Modern day dowry. I mean, for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Modern Uh, day. (laughs) Ramit Sethi is like a financial advisor who's like completely zoned out to even learn anything about Bitcoin because he hates crypto. But I I read his book when I had first started making money and all those things. But he had said, because he's Indian. And so, you know, Indians have really big weddings. I'm Iranian. He was like, doesn't matter if you're single, you need to save for your wedding. And I didn't do it in the beginning, but I did eventually start saving up for my wedding. And I just remember with Ian, Ian doesn't like weddings, all of this stuff. So I was like, damn, I really need to save all of the money. And literally when we got engaged and we were doing the wedding planning, I was like, I have all the money saved up and you didn't say anything because you were like, whatever. (laughs) But I was like, you can't argue with me. I have the money. What is he going to (laughs) do? And I think before that, And I think that was before really our money had mingled. But I think if our money had already mingled a lot, you would have been like, no, no, that's my money too. We're not spending that much on a wedding. No, that was was your money. I know, I know. You brought that in with you. But Um, it was really, and I think like, that's my advice to anyone. If you imagine having a big wedding, save up for it. Save up for it for a long time. Save up for it in Bitcoin, obviously. But have that be one of your savings goals because I and, and like double whatever you think your wedding budget is going to be. But yeah, that those were the things that I was doing before I met Ian. Um, and so that that's who I am. And so I think often when I talk about w- what I think people should do with money, it does come from a scarcity mindset. I'm not a big spender. I don't consider debt as an option. Like I know I'm not the norm, but I do actually think there's still a lot of people out there like me. I think it's the immigrant mentality. Like it is the immigrant mentality and relationship with money. And that's great. I encourage everyone, like you were saying earlier, like I encourage people to save. Like, I don't think people should go out there and just spend Mm -hmm. capriciously on random things. But I think if you have that immigrant mentality and a scarcity mindset, you have and unhealthy, everyone has an unhealthy relationship with money in some way, but like it makes for a really unhealthy relationship with money. And if you're working and you're not enjoying life or you're stressing over a certain like expense, it's a good practice to spend money on something that you want. And so that's like an also important thing for people who have the relationship with money that I do, because as things get more expensive, it's really easy to like just mentally shut down and be like, oh my God, everything is so expensive. And then make poor financial decisions, like buy the cheaper thing that's going to fall apart anyways. You know, that's my big problem. I do that a lot. And Ian's really good at like being like, no, buy the good one. (laughs) And I'm like, but it's so, it's like $20 more, you know? Because in my mind, I'm always like, I should just buy the cheapest one because it's too expensive and I shouldn't be spending money. So, um, it's just, you know, it's just something that I'm trying to work past and at the same time, not overspend as a way of trying to like, embrace abundance mentality because then it's like, no, 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 no. The economy is really bad right now. We should be saving. 
It's like this weird little like box that I'm trapped in right now as I'm trying to be better about money. Well, yeah, I, I think that like people, I don't even think, I know people. Most people are not at fault for having a bad relationship with money. Because as I said, like we live in this world where there's 2% inflation. And if you don't understand what 2% inflation will do to you, then you at the bare minimum cannot create the appropriate plans to save up for things. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's by design. Like you're not supposed to understand money. And Michael Saylor had this really interesting line the other day. I don't know when he said it, because I feel like I've seen every interview that he's done, but I didn't see this one, but he was like, all college campuses are missing one school of engineering. He was like all college campuses. Now that Bitcoin exists, needs a monetary engineering department. You got all the other physics. Mechanical. You got all the other engineering, right? Like we need monetary engineering. We need a place where you can go to actually learn how money should work and how money is currently broken. And what are the ways that we can address that? If that was an option, not everyone would take it, but there'd be a lot more people that are educated to the fact that like, A lot of the things that people that we've been told are the experts on this topic, like Paul Krugman is the one who said we need to go to 3%. That guy has never been right about anything in his life, and they keep asking him questions. Mm -hmm. It's by design. He's either too stupid to know that he's wrong, or he's actively trolling us. Someone's paying him to say it. He's being paid to say it. And so Bitcoin, in my opinion, is the only way where you are going to get a complete counter argument to what you're literally fed from every outlet possible, whether it's you go to college, you get a degree, they tell you you're smart. You cry like like at every turn, they tell you that you're smart and you follow smart people. That's the yuppie elite. That's the yuppie elite. They, my one of my buddies is like a big yuppie elite. Mm-hmm. And all of my buddies are yuppie elites. <laughs> yeah, I feel like anybody you call buddy is probably yuppie elite, right? Um, but my point is that like it's very frustrating, but like there's you can't really fault them because it's like they're just doing what everyone else does. Yeah. So like I think that having a bad relationship with money can only be fixed by studying Bitcoin. And or like what happened in Lebanon, which is you lose everything and then you start trying to figure out what happened and why. And you find out, well, if I had gold buried in my basement or Bitcoin, it wouldn't have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Can't get my hands on gold. <sighs> Guess I'll get some Bitcoin. That's not what it takes for most of us. Unfortunately, I think that's what it's going to take in the United States. And the last time that happened, it was called the Great Depression. So... When everyone does figure it out, probably going to be some really bad times. But we'll be okay. We'll be okay. And so will our listeners because they're flirting with Bitcoin. It's time for shout outs. Each week we give a shout out to the top boost since the last episode. We're actually a little behind. So let's go back to episode 67. But are you Bitcoin rich? Shout out to Acervic who gave me a birthday boost. Thank you so much. Jason of Bitcoin, Mere Mortals podcast. Mark, the BTC guy, and Cindy Yeo. For episode 68, Bitcoin Barry, Tobias SMH, and
Incendio, Zordon, and JPC BTC. Then our most recent episode, episode 69, Bitcoin Mindset and Sleep Training. We got boosts from Hunter SF770, Mark the BTC Guy, Zordon, and Al Al Cool J. Thanks for listening. And this week, 1% of all the sats we earn are being split toward the spare wallet development. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first stats, which are fractions of the Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.